You don't have to guess who's back, because we're going to tell you, baseball is baseball back, everybody! Back in action, baby. And so is the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. After a one-week hiatus, we're back, bringing you the best uh, sports content that you can get around here. Yes, yes. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. And I'm Marshall McLusio, and this week we're going to talk about, uh, not much actually, just baseball, opening day, we're talking about some March Madness, but uh, like you may have already seen Mitch Kaminsky and Sam Phelan already brought... Uh, Published their White Sox edition. Yes. Uh, Cubs coming shortly next week, uh, hopefully. But yeah, we're just going to give them off the cuff podcast for you guys. Give us uh, our thoughts on some stuff that went down. We'll get right into it. Yeah. Opening day was yesterday. Yeah. Love baseball season. Great time of the year. Yeah, you know, baseball season is probably, probably the best sports season. Whether you like, like football better or whatever, but it's like it's springtime, it's getting warmer, summer's coming. Right. And uh, it's just a relaxing sport. Just and it feels, it. opening day especially, feels like a national holiday. You walk into yeah. class, and there's everyone has their jerseys and yeah, caps exactly. on. We saw, like, an Astros. I saw an Astros one, an Athletics one. Some Mariners one. Way too team. many Cubs ones. Yeah, a Mariners one. A Twins one, surprisingly. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's a beautiful day. So we'll start. First, can you remember the first baseball game you went to? Or the first? first baseball game. Honestly, the first baseball game I remember going to was a White Sox one. There you go. Because Starting I remember right. back in the, I guess the standards were really low, because you know White Sox weren't very good. But they were well, it like, depends what year. What year were you going around? It was oh four, oh five, oh six. We were decent. I, it, it was later than that. I was probably in like sixth grade. Maybe, okay, yeah, maybe they younger than that. Like, yeah. uh, I'm sure I went to a Cubs game when I was like a very small child. Yeah. In my family. Um, but there was like a reading program for our school library. And if you read, like, it was, like, 20 books. Like, it wasn't that much. You got just, like, free White Sox tickets. And I huh. just, like, went. And it was pretty fun. They did, like, someone hit a home run, so, like, the fireworks went off or whatever. Um, That's a big thing. Bill Vec, fun fact, first uh, for the White Sox, big promoter back in the day. We were the first team to ever shoot off fireworks for a home run. There you go. For a baseball player. Yeah, so I went to a White Sox game. They actually, there was, like, a promo, and they are giving out free jerseys. And I got a switch I, I I don't know if I still have it, but I have a White Sox, I had a White Sox jersey. You know? They have some nice promotions. Yeah. They give out some, like, nice... I guess that's the only way they get some of these people to come to the yeah, games. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. First first, uh, first ever baseball game for me, Major League One, I remember very well. First grade, it was the second day of a doubleheader against the Boston Red Sox. 2007. Yeah. Because the year the Red Sox won the World Series. They're pretty good. And we got there, and I remember Josh Fields. He was a former quarterback at Illinois. Another fun fact. And he also caught the last out of Mark Burley's perfect games. Two fun facts for you. Wow. Yes. Fun facts for Yes, yes. I got his autograph, and I thought it was, like, the coolest thing. Little did I know, he, like, rode bench. Anyway, first inning, <laughs> Juan Uribe hit a home run. They had the fireworks going off, and it was, like, the coolest thing. We were sitting in the first row on the third baseline. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's a home run. We're beating the Red Sox. And then uh, Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz proceeded to crush my hopes. I think between the two of them, they hit three home runs. The <laughs> final score was nine to one. Yikes! It was brutal. Honestly, and I yeah, walking home. Yeah, no, walking. And the other thing was, I really was excited. Jim Tomey was my favorite player. Yeah. Because it was the second day of the doubleheader. He didn't end up playing in the second game, so oh. I didn't see Jim Tomey. They lost nine to one. Yikes. But I was a Sox fan ever since. The misery yeah. started early. I do I do remember, now that I think about it, there was one game I went to when I was like, a very young kid. And I was sitting, you know how the Cubs bullpen was like right down the yeah. baseline? Um, we were sitting like 
my dad and I were like probably three rows mm-hmm. uh, behind them. And so they're all just kind of sitting there, like just talking. Like we didn't have any like good relievers, so it was like, uh, like it was just there's just a bunch of dudes who like we're probably gonna be in AAA next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we had this one guy who was actually it was a key trade. We traded him for um, it, it happened in the rebuild. I watched a documentary about. It. I was like, I know that guy. It was in Ryan Marshall, I believe, was his name, and he was a reliever for the Cubs. I'm, Ryan sounds right, but I'm not Probably. quite sure. But I know his last name was Marshall. And my dad goes like, hey, uh, Ryan Marshall, whatever the guy's name was. And uh, he, like, turned around. And it was clearly one of those things where, like, people are always like, oh, like, can I get, like, a ball or something like that? And he, like, turns around, and he's like, my son's name is Marshall. Oh, Sean Marshall. Sean Marshall. Yes, yeah, here we yes, go. That's right, Sean Marshall. Um, and he kind of turned around. Yeah, I know. I remember him, him. He got traded to the Reds. I believe it was. Yeah, 2017 he did, yep. There you go. Um, and he, like, turned around, and he and my dad was like, my son's name is Marshall. And I was like, oh, cool. And he just, like, tossed me a ball, and I was like, hey, there you go. I was like, that's hey, like, dude. That's and I was like, dude. yeah, and then I was like, dang, these Cubs guys are, like, super nice and everything like that. There um, you go. What's, what's the favorite favorite game you've ever been doing? Ooh, that's, that's, I, one off the top, well, there's two that stand out. Both for different reasons. The one, my one favorite was it was a crosstown classic game against the Cubs, and Carlos Zambrano was pitching against Jake Peavy. So it was a good Carlos pitching matchup. What a name. First inning, the Sox put a six spot on him, and he was mad because Juan Pierre hit a ground ball down the line, and he thought Derek Lee could have gotten it, but he kind of like tanked it going to going yeah. to first. So last out of the inning, it was like a ground ball to Derek Lee, and he uh, tosses it to Zambrano, and he like stomped on the bag really angrily. And then I remember in between the innings, there's a bunch of commotion, like people standing up by the dugout. Apparently, they got into like a fight at the dugout, Zambrano. So he got pulled, and the Sox ended up killing him because like they had to go to the bullpen. Yeah. So that was an entertaining one. But with pure baseball perspective, it was a couple years ago. It was Chris Sale versus Mark Burley on the Blue Jays. Okay. And Chris Sale was going for the record for most consecutive ten strikeout games. So it was like me and my uh, buddy uh, Patrick went, and we were sitting in the K zone, which like the Sox knocked off from the Mariners. But they had like yeah. they had like signs, and every time he had like a strikeout, you hold up the sign, and you get like a T shirt with like Chris Sale on it. Cool. So it was like it was pretty sweet. So we're all pumped, like oh we're gonna be in the K zone, he's gonna break the record. He didn't end up breaking the record, but it was such a good pitching duel because Burley always notoriously worked fast, and Chris Sale worked really fast too. And the game was like an hour and a half long. It was wow. like one of the shortest games I think. It was like. In the last, like, 20 years, I think they said it was, like, the second shortest, like, they've huh. ever seen. And the Sox were losing 2-0. Uh, Josh Johnson, who's the MVP, he hit a home run. Uh, they were, and then he made a nice barehanded play. So it was like, oh, we're seeing the MVP. He's, like, playing really well. And they were down 2 nothing. And Mark Burley, right, mind you, he was a White Sox, like, fan favorite. Yeah. And he was throwing a complete game, too. And the White Sox ended up winning in the ninth. But it was all unearned runs on Mark Burley. So oh, it was, like, really cool because they had this big rally in the ninth. Uh, or bottom of the eighth, excuse me, to come back. And both pitchers won a complete game. Sale threw a complete game. Burley threw a complete game. We won 4-2, to two, and all Burley's runs were unearned. So we beat Burley, but it wasn't really his fault, and we had this That's great comeback. Cool. So it was, a, it was an awesome. That was my favorite. How about you? you got I think for me, it was against the um, – well, it was one against the Twins that I went this summer, actually, and we were down. And granted, we won, like, 9-5, to five, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we kind of tacked on extra runs in the end. Uh, someone had a home run who doesn't – I think it was Ben Zobers hit a home run. That's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, but it was Mike Montgomery was playing, but it was it was cool because um, Addison Russell was up, bases loaded, two outs. And it would have been cooler if it was like later, but it was in like the fifth inning, yeah. I want to say. And we're down by three. So we're down five to two. And he's up, bases loaded. 
and we're like, dude, like he hit a grand slam. We could take the lead. Bad, yeah. And we went in the grand slam. Uh, that was pretty cool. I also saw Jose Fernandez pitch uh, in, the, in his last year and ended up being it was like sure, yeah. before he died. Rest rest in peace. But yeah, that was pretty cool. And then I Starlin Castro. We saw one. I'm I. It stinks. I've never really been able to see good good pitching. I've been blessed with some good pitching matches. My yeah. favorite was Max Scherzer versus Chris Sale. Yeah. The pitching match, like, it was a great pitching match on paper. The actual yeah. pitching performances turned out to be a dud. Uh, so, John Lester, he had, like, a 14K game yeah. for the Cubs. He broke like, some records. I think I John Lester. But, yeah, I remember the one I went when we had that stacked rotation yeah. uh, in 2016, I saw Cole Hamels. Oh, no, not, not, not Cole Hamels. Um, Josh Hamels. Yeah, Josh, Ham- Josh Hamill. Yeah, his name. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was like, I was like, gave me like the one like not one good guy in the rotation. Yeah. And then and then I saw last summer I saw Mike Montgomery, Oof. who was like the fill-in guy. That's like, are you kidding me? I think I might have seen we watched him against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I saw Lester one time. But yeah, other than that, that's pretty much it. Arietta I saw the year before he was like good. Like before yeah. that, like he was solidified as like, oh, this guy's really good. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Speak Grand Slam though. That's pretty rare. Yeah, You'll see many of those. Slam. I saw a walk-off homer for the first time. That was really cool last year, Daniel Polka. And then the other, like, the one really rare thing I saw, before we move on, uh, I remember one game, and we were actually sitting in the skybox. Our friend worked for Miller, and she's like, oh, yeah, I sit in our skybox seats. Jim Tomey hit a home run. Then Paul Canerico hit a home run the next at bat, back-to-back. Then Alice Ramirez hit a home run right after that. And then the catcher, oh, what was his name? Catcher hit a home run after him. Four home runs in a row. That's crazy. Strangest thing I've ever seen. Juan Uribe. It wasn't even. It was a cat. Juan Uribe. Yeah. Uribe, yeah. Ramirez, Tommy, Canerco. Four home runs in a row. That's pretty good. It's insane. No, I remember. I do remember my favorite thing is that against the Giants in 2016, I believe it was, it was 16 or 17, Javi Baez, we were down the third baseline. Javi Baez was playing third base, and he had like two or three like amazing plays. And I was like, that was enough for me. And I have never watched the Cubs lose in person, ever. Really? And I, I try to go to a game every year, and I've never seen them lose. So That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm like 13 for 13 right now. I mean, well, mind you, they haven't been doing much losing these days to begin with. But even, know. like, back in the day when I would go, because I remember, like, uh, when we watched Starlin Castro, I think that was that was our 2014 or 15, so we weren't, like, that good yet. Mm-hmm. One little, like, a walk-off. But, yeah, I've always seen them. Hoisting them wins. That's always fun. That's yeah. a luxury. I don't really have... Well, I mean, mind you, the White Sox have been rebuilding the past couple yeah. of years. But I think I saw them win three times out of the eight games I went to. Ooh. And it was, like, still a high number. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, they won three! <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on to some important stuff. We got we got a lot of uh, baseball extensions. I guess tis the season, uh, right before the season started, I should say. Uh, quick fire. We'll do a run-through because none of these are very um, interesting, per se. What? For sale, five-year, $140 million. It's a good pitcher, getting paid like it. I give it to him, Red Sox. And I think a lot of these extensions you're gonna see is a result from the Machado Harper fiasco. Yes. They're like, well, oh, CBA's we coming up. Like the biggest one, Mike Trout. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Three thirty. Four four thirty. Four thirty. Four hundred thirty yeah. million. Largest contract in the history of professional sports. Yeah, it's a lot of money. No one's ever gonna get that contract, that nope. big of a contract again. Might nope. we haven't even seen a player. Like my, I don't, yeah. I don't think ever since. And I mean, Trump. like when he won the MVP, since then his OPS has increased every yeah. year, which is like, and he hasn't been winning MVP. Like that's insane. But there you go. He's ridiculous. He's re- he is insanely good. But yeah. But from yeah, I think a lot of this is because like you see all the stuff that Harper and Machado had to go through, how long yeah. it took them to sign Craig Kimbrell. 
still isn't signed. Yeah. And he's one of the best relievers in baseball. Exactly. So and like that, there might be a strike coming up. These players are like, hey, I want to get paid now, which is why it really stings that we couldn't pick up a Machado because you hear Rick Hahn, oh, we're gonna get some premium talent. It's like, well, you had your chance, and now all the premium talent is signing extensions. Yeah, so. exactly. Hopefully, Chris Bryant will hop on that train soon enough. Uh, yeah. So there's Mike Trout, which I mean, pay the man his money. He's right. fantastic. Honestly, though, when I was looking at it, when I saw that ESPN notification, I was relieved because I was like, man, if he goes to the Phillies, like. Like, the Phillies are going to be good, yeah. but if they if they were, if Bryce Harper and Mike Trout were on the same team, that would, they'd be very good for a long time. It's also nice to see, a lot of these people will call them, like, the, oh, there's collusion. Like, last year, when it took so long for a lot of these free agents to get signed, they're like, yeah. oh, there's collusion, they're trying to lower the market. Like, J.D. Yeah. Martinez didn't get paid as much as he should have or yeah. whatever. Mike Trout absolutely got paid every mm-hmm. penny of what he was worth. Like, that, yeah. he's worth every penny of that. And it was but with such a high contract, not just in baseball and sports. It's like yeah. okay, we can put that to rest. They're, yeah. they're they're still handing out money to these guys. Yeah. So then there's Chris Sale, five year, one forty million. He's nearing his prime. So uh, that was smart for both parties. Yeah. Because he's had some arm problems. Yeah. So, so he might be risky to test him on the open market. So yeah. yeah. Um, Justin Verlander, two years, sixty six million. Good for him. A nice one. Uh, thirty three a year. So that's so my nice. fantasy team. So you better, you better. Yeah, you better prove it. Yeah, exactly. Um, one. I'll uh, we'll go Jake Degrom. Four year, one thirty seven and a half million. Um, good for him. Kind of. He was also worth it. Yeah. Because you had that rant about how good he was last yeah. year. He just never got any run support. Hopefully now with yeah, the addition like of Robinson Cano and yeah, exactly. they got a bullpen with Diaz that can lock down some saves behind him. That that yeah, should help I, that I win hope, total. Because I was like, and he he set the record actually. He, apparently he didn't have the record yet. Um, but opening day, I think he only gave up like one or two runs. I don't even know. I mean, he might have pitched a shot. I don't remember. But he set the record for most consecutive games allowing less than four runs, which I was honestly shocked that he didn't already have it, like I said. Um, but yeah, he went and, six innings. Uh, wait, was this yesterday? Yeah. Oh. Yesterday. They, 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 and uh, they beat, uh, beat, I believe they beat the Nats. But yeah, they did. They won two to one. Um, oh, so they only gave up either one or zero. Yeah. Um, and then Paul Goldschmidt, Five year, one ten million. Uh, he's pretty good. I think that's a sizable contract for him. Uh, he was on the exact. He actually called. Um, he talked, reached out to Harper and Machado, really? like talking about this, and like that's why he agreed. He wanted to sign the extension and yeah. get it, get it over with as uh, soon as possible. Or excuse, excuse me, the, the Mets won two to nothing. Oh. Grom got the win. Uh, he went. Yeah. Uh, I hate to see the Goldschmidt be on the Cardinals for that long, but it is what it is. DeGrom went six innings, five hits, no runs, one walk, ten strikeouts. Not a bad day. He's for pretty the... good. In case you guys didn't know. Yeah, pretty pretty uh, good. Moving on to our teams. Kyle Hendricks, five-year, $55.5 million, which I thought was a bargain because I honestly thought we were going to have to pay him more. That is a good, yeah. That's yeah. a really good deal. for. And he definitely deserves it. He's been like a staple of this Cubs. Uh, I mean, even you look at um, his pitching performances against the Nationals. He always comes in year. clutch. Yeah, he, he was big game. Very he's good. good. Game one against the Nationals, he picked. It, he pitched a gem. Uh, did so he pitch yeah. in game seven? Was that it? Uh, yes, he did start game seven. Against um, the Indians? Yeah. Oh. He, he pitched pretty well. Bullpen was... I mean, it's kind of... That was, Problematic. That was, a, that was weird because it was basically just like starting pitcher goes five, six innings, and then we kind of throw in one or two dudes, and it's just a roll Chapman save. Yeah. That's <laughs> really what it was. But yeah, Kyle Hendricks, uh, he'll be on the rotation for a Five more years, which is cool. And then the, the inter- most interesting one, Eloy Jimenez. Six years, $43 million. 
the first, for, is that the first point ever to get a major league deal when you not the not the first, but one of the largest yeah. for a guy that's never played had any major league service yeah. time, which is and crazy. I mean, I mean, there's not much talk. There's not much talk about right now because we don't know if he's going to be good or not. Because it can either be really stupid or mm-hmm. it can be like a fantastic business move. Well, if he turns out to be everything the White Sox hope he is, yeah. then they're getting a steal. Because you're getting like if he turns out to be one of the best players in baseball, which by yeah. projections he very well could be. That is a steal for what they got him yeah. for, and well, it was. Are you, um, oh, oh, yeah, I was gonna say it was. It was great to see both sides because it was a guy like if you're a Jimenez and you get offered that much money. I mean, yeah. what might not seem a lot like if he turns out to be good, but like you got to remember, he's growing up in the Dominican, really poor. Yeah. His family never had that opportunity, and it was yeah. like just seeing him and his like parents like fate like when they got that money. I was like, yeah. it was, I was happy for him. It was exciting. One thing though is was interesting about this move. I was talking about this with my dad. I mean, you look at why the Cubs were able to make the moves they did with John Lester and everyone is because all their players I, I weren't really getting paid. Right. You got Bias, Chris Bryant. They're still not getting max deals. I mean, obviously, arbitration, they're getting their money, and they've got, like, they're getting their, like, um, ads and promotions and stuff, so definitely making money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they don't – we are able to go out and sign – big free agents just because they're on minor league contracts. Well, even what, the reason we got Jimenez in the first place was because of Jose Quintana, which the White Sox are notorious for. They have they sign guys early to very team-friendly deals. And that's why yeah. the Cubs gave up as much as they did when they were trading for Quintana. Not yeah. just the player, just the team-friendly deal that the yeah. Sox had him for and what they were going to get in return for how many yeah. years. Like That's one of the reasons we got Jimenez. So, like, the White Sox always like to do that where they jump on guys early. Chris Sale, they signed early to a yeah. very team-friendly deal. So the Menace is the same thing. They're banking on the fact that, hey, it's going to be good. It'll be worth this, plus yeah. some. So yeah. I like the move. It'll be interesting to see. I, I I understand what they're coming from, but I also like, like I said, that advantage. I mean, we talk about, like, with the football, a lot of the teams in the playoffs had QBs on mm-hmm. rookie deals because they were like, okay, we're not paying our premium quarterback, right. so we're just going to buy, just give a bunch of defensive, offensive reagents build a team around him. Um, White Sox didn't really put themselves in a position to do that. But nonetheless, it's good to see it happen. Speaking of football, not much has happened. But two players, or one player from each of our prospective favorite teams have moved on. Mitch, I'll let you start. We'll start, yeah. Jordan Howard got traded to the Eagles for a six-round pick. Yeah. And this, to me, was the Bears, they were desperate to get rid of him. You could tell they were shopping, and they wanted to get rid of him at all yeah. costs. And they called the Eagles, hey, we're going to trade Jordan Howard. Oh, we don't have much to trade for. We have a six-round pick. But, uh, wait, did you say six-round pick? I'll take it. Deal. Exactly. Like, yeah, they could have traded him for a bag of, of pickles and potato chips. And a, like, yeah, exactly. Like they, soda to be named later. It was ridiculous. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't understand. The why. man has been uh, since 2016. He's third in all backs in rushing, and yeah. only two ahead of him. One of the two ahead of him was Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, one of the best backs in the league. Yeah. He's had 3,000 rushing yards. Yeah. And he's uh, in all three of his seasons over 3,000. His first two years, he was like he broke a bunch of Bears records as a rookie at over a thousand career rushing yards. Just broke Walter Payton's uh, yeah. record. The, he was a bell cow of a back, and I get he doesn't fit, fit their system, but like good coaches like Belichick will find like yeah, you can make a system around them. And especially if you're gonna trade him, you, they drafted him in like the third round. They only get a six round pick back for him. It just seemed like yeah, they, I, they, I don't they, know why. I, you kicked him to the curb. They, you don't I really feel like they also had they had a really good there. Like they had a good thing going with like Thunder and Lightning with him and Tariq Cohen. And they have a back in place that fits your system. Like say they sign Kareem Hunt or whatever. It's a guy that fits your system. You have yeah. a replacement in place. But like Tariq Cohen is not 
and every down yeah. back. He's like he's like a like a Darren Sproles type player. He is. He's like you yeah. can't just hand it off with like fourth and one. I give it to to Tariq, Tariq Cohen. You know. But that baffled me. The Eagles, though, on the Eagles side, I love yeah, the move for them. Yeah, because they Love yeah, it. So they got like they got they can kind of split a little bit and uh, with him, Ertz, yeah, a healthy guy. Carson Wentz, yeah, uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. That's going to be an explosive offense. Roseman showing once again why he's one of the best GMs in the NFL. For the Broncos, it wasn't as big of a deal as um, Jordan Howard, but linebacker. Brandon Marshall has signed. And this one stuck because he signed with the Raiders. Yeah. And, like, he could potentially be decent for them. Won a star Super Bowl. He's got, I mean, he has so many plays. You can look at 2016, Brandon Marshall highlights. And Him and Trevate, that defense, plays. yes. I mean, we got a fantastic defense, and he was honestly one of the staples of it because he's a really good cover. He can cover well. He's a really good tackler, forced fumbles. He's got, he got pick sixes for us in 2016, or 15, I should say. And, but yeah, it just kind of stinks, but he's getting older. Also, I loved, he was a big uh, guy. When the whole, like, social justice movement was yeah. going on in the NFL, he was a pioneer of that. So I really liked him. I remember my my background for Twitter was him and, like, a bunch of players, like, kneeling for the anthem, which, like, call what you want. Um, but I, I, I thought that was awesome. Uh, and what he did in the Denver communities. He was definitely, like, a huge, he's a huge guy for Denver community and everything. But he lives from California. And so going back to... Uh, Oakland, I understand it. So, but good for him. He's getting money. So, yeah, that was it. He, he provided his serve, like he, yeah, like one of our Super Bowl. Thank for you, thank you for your service. He gave um, yeah, he gave you some good years. Yeah, in Denver. We got Josie Jewell to replace him. So uh, that's know. a solid linebacker out yeah, of Iowa. Yeah. I hated him when he was with Iowa. I remember though I was at a Nebraska game. Tommy Armstrong threw four interceptions. One of them was to Josie Jewell. Yeah. And I hated him ever since. <laughs> Still only lost twenty eight to twenty though. We could have yeah. won despite the four interceptions. That was when they were ranked fourth that year too. So we had a chance to upset him like oh, Anyway, moving on to the big news out of this week yeah. uh, from the NFL meetings, which seems kind of rushed, but after the Saints, controversial call, yes. or no call, I should say, with the yeah. pass interference, the NFL has made all pass interference reviewable. Yeah. Not just inside of two minutes, all PIs throughout yeah. the game. Which, which basically... Oh, it's going to take forever, these NFL games. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the first thing. Pace of play is going to be ridiculous. Because yeah. gonna be, it's going to be like baseball where it's like random stoppages. It's going to take yeah. a while as it is. Yeah. The Hail Marys, I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Because there's P.I. on, like, almost all of those. So, like, yeah. now a team that really doesn't deserve to win, you can throw up a Hail Mary, there's going to be P.I. when they review it, and they'll have yeah. it at, like, the one-yard line, and they can score and win the game. So teams are going to get screwed like, there. Because they put, like, tall wide receivers out there, and they don't, like, they're not, like, they don't know the technique right. of being a DB. This, to me, was an emotional decision. And no one ever makes good decisions <laughs> when you're... Uh, emotional yeah. decisions never work out well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, out of anger or frustration or, like, emotional, they, they, just, they just don't work. And it was, like, the Saints made an emotional decision with all the owners. And, like, yeah. they, they were the ones really pushing for it. And I think people forget against Pittsburgh, I think it was week 14, 14 or 15. Yes. That game, they would have lost if it wasn't for P.I. Well, no, they wouldn't. It was, like, it made it 7 nothing. So it wouldn't have, like, they would have lost. It wasn't near the, the, near the end of the game with, uh... I think it was Antonio Brown had like a push off or something. What was it? Oh, I do know. What you're yeah, yeah. But there was one where it was like a, a PI. I remember in the beginning of the game. This one that stood out with me. It was one of those things where like it looks as if he pushed, 
um, the DB push the receiver, but he, he like he really didn't. Yeah. And they call him for it, and then the Saints got a ball in the one yard line and scored a touchdown. That, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And so, and I think like if you look at like other sports, first of all, when it comes to reviewing plays, and I bring up soccer a lot because they are like they are also implementing uh, VAR, yeah. uh, so they can review. A big thing they do is offsides, and like because it's like, and especially with like what the NFL has already done, like that is an objective call. Like you can say, you can legit say, like it is either one hundred percent yes, one hundred percent no. It's black and white, easy. Right. And even though soccer, they do have reviews on subjective plays. Uh, it's usually we know this happened. What is the severity of the contact or? something of that nature where it's like it was a foul is it a red card or yes or no and with football though i mean it's so subjective and especially and announcers talk about a lot of time slow motion reviews are like they look they always look so much worse you look at a hit right like bang bang play it's like oh it was like a big hit but the other one it like dude how is it i got that guy not injured you know? And plus, it's such an offensive-oriented league already, and yeah. you're gonna give them yet another advantage mm-hmm. with be at like ticky tack stuff, like they. Yeah. Where like, now you can review it. Stinks now. Like, there's it, probably it pi. Let's be honest. There's probably some sort of grabbing or holding on every play. So yeah. now, like, oh, we didn't get the first down. Let's just throw a challenge flag. And tell them to review it. Like, yeah, exactly. I can see maybe inside two minutes. Once again, even like hail marys. There's gonna be there's yeah. there's definitely pi there. And Randall also, Cobb on like the one he caught against the Giants, he pushed off the guy from the Giants yeah. and caught it. So that I, I don't. And even like even like his challenges, there are a lot of times where like nearing two minutes or something like that, and you get a call, and a lot of it is like you maybe think you should have got a yard more on that play or something like that, make it go from like third and three to third and one or something like something like that, and it's like we're it's about to go to two minutes. Throw the challenge flag, nothing to lose, and it's like, all right, whatever. Like it's the the normally those decisions like don't have much impact on the game, but a pi call when it's just like you could just be like, oh, we're about to. That's like a, that could be a thirty yard penalty yeah. for a pi call, and not only that, they didn't even test it. Like yeah. at least in baseball, with like the pitch clock, they yeah, experimented exactly. with it in AAA. They experimented with it in spring training. There's yeah. th- there's testing that goes on. Fan pulls, like, hey, would you like this rule or not? They just threw this out there. It was forced. It felt like, oh, it's, it's an emotional decision. we yeah. got to please the also, Saints fans here. we've talked about this before, but, like, it's easy for baseball because they have the minor leagues and soccer. They have, like, other leagues. Football doesn't have that. Well, guess what? This year they do. Why not implement that in the AAF? And it could either go horribly wrong or it could go well, but at least we totally. have an indicator, you know? And they, 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 but, yeah, I don't even – I honestly didn't even know they were considering this. And then it just happened. Did you know the out the NFL well, has made a uh, blindside blocks? That's not a penalty anymore. I did not know that. Yeah, they did that was in, in the same implement change. I know I didn't know that either. I was reading an article. I was like, wait, they did that? Well, I kind of figured this would happen. I had a rant. I remember right after that whole Saints Rams thing about like the, yeah. oh the overtimes they're going to overreact about the overtime. They're going to overreact about this. And sure enough, yeah. what do they do? And this is going to they they're going to yeah. I don't know. It, it it's I mean I'm interested to see how how it goes. I hope it'll go well. But I would, I would just hate to have, like, your guy, like, you're, imagine your team, like, near the end of the game, clutch time, like, you, get, you need, like, a deep ball or something like that, and you think you played really good defense, and they challenge it, and you get called on, like, some ticky-tacky call. Like, this can, this can have more complaints against the rest. And I understand, like, there's a quote where it's, like, plain and simple, the refs need to be better. I was like, the refs do need to be better. That was a bad call. But, like, we, 
that's on the refs to be better in training. And what about the momentum, like, of the game? The drama gets taken away. Like, even with the yeah. scoring review. Okay, I get you got to review all scoring plays. But yeah. there's a big touchdown, biggest play of the game. And then there's a five-minute review. Did he get both feet in? Oh, he did get both feet in. But it's still taking longer than it should. Yeah. You're sitting there. The effect kind of wears off. And now we're going to do that with P.I. plays, especially down the stretch. Like, there's going to be, like, a review on almost every play. Like, yeah. the momentum's going to be killed. It's not going to be an enjoyable product to watch with all yeah. these reviews. Ridiculous. All right. Moving on. Moving on. March Madness. March Madness. There's been lots of madness. There's been no method to it, though. Mitchell is winning his bracket pool. Marshall hasn't really been watching, honestly. And honestly, most of these games, it's been a lot of chalk. I mean, yeah. Oregon Oregon uh, had uh, the upset over Wisconsin. I mean, some of the most, let's looking at some of the we notable. We don't really have that, like, marquee upset, though. Like, usually every year there's, like, one big. No, there really, yeah, there really wasn't. Um, Yale almost upset LSU. LSU survived that. Uh, Bradley actually had a very yeah, nice showing against never, Michigan State. The best upset that ever was. Yeah, that was, that was a good game. We were watching that. We'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. Uh, Jean, Jean, uh, Jean Morant, yes. Murray State, they upset Marquette. But a lot of people had that. I picked that one. I saw that yeah. one coming. Um, really, though, there's a lot of whole lot of chalk. Oregon, like we said, they beat Wisconsin. They went to the Sweet 16 where they lost in a really ugly game to Virginia. Virginia has not been playing like a one seed. They, they played down to a lot of their competition. UC Irvine beat Kansas State. Oh, that was Many cool. upset. That one was a stupid upset, though, because Kansas State definitely, they had, it was either to take the lead or tie. And then, like, a fast break. It was, like, a three-on-two, mm-hmm. and the dude just, like, threw it. He just threw the ball in the stands. Oh, it was an awful yeah. pass, and that lost the game. I was like, what are you doing? Ohio State beats Iowa State. That was a big upset. Big Ten started the tournament 6-0. and Yeah. All the games. So, you know, I give the Big Ten credit, because at first I was like, oh, why the committee let all these teams in the Big Ten? You know, they showed Purdue. why. There you go. Purdue's in the, yeah, Purdue's going to the Elite Eight. Uh, the other big game, this happened in the round of 32, was Duke versus UCF, Taco Fall versus Zion Williamson. And this was game. the best game, in my opinion, of the tournament. Duke was lucky to escape this one, because yeah. I think UCF really outplayed them. Um, it was Audrey or Aubrey Dawkins for UCF played a fantastic game. He had 32 points. Uh, Zion also had 32. Zion was talking about how he wanted to dunk over Taco Fall before the game. Yeah. He didn't get the dunk, but he made a really nice clutch play where he kind of contorted yeah. his body, to get an and one. It was a questionable foul call. Taco yeah. ended up falling out. Then he choked the free throw. They had the chance to uh, yeah. win. He choked it because they had a chance to tie. Chokes the free throw, but UCF, and this was so frustrating. Everyone was talking about like the push off. Oh, there's a push off. Yeah. Instead of boxing out fundamentally, they all just jump for the ball, allowing yeah. RJ Barrett, because when they're in the air, to push off, snatch a rebound, yeah. and get the put back. If they would have just boxed out, they, well, there was a whole swing. They First, they missed an alley oop, which would have yeah. allowed them to go up by five. Oh, that would have been so cool. They missed that. Then they have the and one foul call against Zion where he made a really nice shot but then he chokes a free throw all they had to do was box out it was like the gods are not with him and then after Zion they made their free throw they had a chance there was a layup couldn't get it put back rimmed out yeah crazy I saw a funny video where it's like um, Zion Williams shoots and and the the free throw rims out and as soon as RJ Barrett jumps the video switches to J.R. Smith Game winning Warriors, dribbling the ball around the three corner, and that meme of LeBron. Like, what are you doing? Get a Bradley! Yeah, you know what? Bradley had a good showing, so that was pretty fun. Other than that, uh, let's talk about Bradley because we go to Bradley. Yeah, we. This is the only team we care about. Yeah, this is first. And that Bradley brand, yeah, of theirs didn't get as much uh, exposure. 
Well, it did get exposed. Yeah, you know, we were trending on Twitter, and I was like, oh, yeah. Bradley's trending on Twitter. Let's yeah. go. Underdog story. Yeah, and yeah, then we yeah. find out it's because we hate journalism, apparently. Yeah. Lowercase J journalism, where we uh, kicked out a reporter because he didn't promote our brand. Dave Reynolds, Portland. yeah. Coach Wardle kicked him out because he didn't support the Bradley brand. He was yeah. writing negative articles about him. You know, it's tough to write an article about a team that's positive when you start 0-5 in conference, I exactly. must say. And when's the last time we won? We, we haven't won a conference title in 31 years, so Ooh. pipe down with your Bradley brand. That's the biggest joke I've ever heard. No, yeah, we don't have a brand. No one's heard of Bradley. We totally put a black eye on ourselves on that one. Especially because so. it was such a good moment when we came back yeah. and won. We stormed the court, and I had so much school pride. Oh, we came Bradley. in, great combat. Like, oh, Bradley, this is great. Yeah, Hopped on the bandwagon. I bought the t-shirt. The bad guys are food. The textbooks and they won't repay you for. Yes. And the RAs that keep harassing me because they think my wax warmers are vape. Oh, that's another story yes, for another about that. Story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, we forgot all about the Bradley shortcomings and then they had to do this. Which I'm not surprised. No. And as as big J journalists, like yes. Mitch and I ourselves, we were very disappointed in our school because you know what? We could be maxed. What if they find out about this podcast and they hear this? We might get suspended. We're not supporting the Bradley brand here. Yeah, exactly. We're so putting our we're sticking our neck out for you, the listeners. Yes, I hope you remember this. We're trying to be investigative reporters, tell you guys the real cold hard truth. And hey, if the Dormer Dispute podcast just randomly goes off the air and is erased from history, you guys know what happened. It is funny, President <laughs> Gary Roberts. Yeah, I had to apologize because I, I have a feeling it was mostly the athletic department. Yeah. This is like this. This started with it was the weird because they, they made him. It made it sound like this is all of Bradley's decision, but like when you look at it, it's like it really Gary, yeah. Awesome. Roberts is like, I had no idea they had a bad relationship with the Peoria Journal Star, and it was like some of the quads like, what type of hack school are you running where you don't realize what your athletic department is doing? Your biggest sports team, and you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, That's like some leadership only, I mean, like, right there. We don't. We don't have like a good. I mean, like we have good programs, but like the only really thing we got this year. Is like the basketball team making the tournament. It's true. And then he's like, I don't know what's going on. Like, what are you doing? What do you mean you don't know what's going on? It was <laughs> a bad look. I will say, though, to their credit, and mind you, it was an awful look. Journalism, especially in this day and age, should be supported. Yeah. It comes across very insecure. Yeah. When you can't handle criticism. Yeah. But he did apologize. Wardle did take a picture with them. They kissed and made up. And he ended up <laughs> with with all that distraction. He still, I was very, I was very proud of their effort they put against Michigan yeah, State uh, in that one because they fought really well. Played well, good game. War, sure. Yeah. So War, honestly, to Warhol's credit, he is a, he is a pretty good. He's a good coach. He really like, turned his oh, program you guys around. Make like free throws or whatever, and that's what kind of killed it. But like, if you look at the other fifteen and sixteen seeds, like getting blown out by twenty five, and it's like not even competitive. Like, I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Well, especially because, like, Minnesota, the next team that played, faced them in the Big Ten, they got blown out by 20. Yeah, exactly. And we lost by 11, but it really wasn't 11. It was a lot closer. And you'll see a lot of like these teams. five or something. Like, Virginia, we were up by one at halftime. Now, mind you, Virginia was losing at halftime to a 16 seed. But you'll see that a lot where, like, they won't take them seriously. And then the second yeah, half, they, they just, come and run like, them over. Duke did that. Bradley hung with them in the second half yeah. to, like, that seven-minute mark. Elijah Childs had that, like, monster dunk. Yeah. They had that big swing. Uh, Daryl Brown hit a deep uh, three. Yeah. Uh, like they they hung with them and they played them tough. So there's when Coach Wardle said there's a there's not a whole lot of teams in America that would have beat them with that effort. Yeah, exactly. they just happened to run into one of the best teams, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. There you have it. You know, that was our little off the cuff podcast for you. Next Wednesday, I believe, is when the Cubs edition of the podcast is being filmed with 
you know, we didn't talk about it today. No the technique. early MVP. But uh, Ted Wick will be on the... the oh, I was, I'll, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I thought you were going to talk about the early MVP leader, Javier Baez. And then Chris Bryant. two home runs. And John Lester's winning the Cy Young. Going to 162 and all in the World Series. That's all I got. But. Hey, Eli could be the MVP. He got hit by a pitch and had an RBI. Okay? Right. So, you know, two home runs <laughs> is nice, but. <laughs> Anyways, but that's all we got for you today. Um, have, a, have a good spring. It's beautiful outside. Go outside, throw a baseball around. Enjoy life. Thanks for listening. Respect journalism. Time. Respect journalism. <laughs> See you next time. Come on.